I really, I really had no thought of, you know, opting out or not practicing or anything like that. I wanted to, you know, finish this thing off the right way and, you know, play my last game as a Notre Dame football player. Coach Freeman, uh, a year ago now, your emotions, I would imagine, were a lot different than they are today. Can you compare and contrast and give us an idea where your, where your head was last year at this time? Ah, uh, I'm sure the mo- my emotions were all over the place. I remember having a press conference next to Mike Gundy and, you know, kind of just, it was obviously surreal. You're just kind of figuring it out um, one day at a time. But, but you know what, Tim, I think you're still figuring this thing out. And I don't think the day will come where you say you got it all figured out. And, and that's the reality of this profession and, and having the opportunity to lead this great group of young men. And so um, I think you have a plan and you have a sense of, a, hey, here's how we want to proceed. But those plans obviously have to continue to enhance and change depending on the situation you're in. And so a year later, um, we have a practice structure. We have a, a plan that we looked at. For this year compared to what we did last year. How can we enhance what we did last year? And um, you know what? We'll get a chance to go out and play an extremely talented football team and, and be able to reflect right after this game, be able to look back and say, okay, where can we enhance our preparation and, and making sure the next bowl opportunity we have, we're, we're in a better situation. Right here in the front. David Kloniger, Charleston Post and Courier. Uh, if all three of you could chime in on this. Um, when you've been preparing for South Carolina and watching their game tape, how much attention did you pay to just the last two games in particular as opposed to the ten before it? I mean, I think one of the biggest things is you can see they're starting, like, they're clicking towards those last two games and things were working really well, especially against two really good opponents. And so obviously they're hot at this moment. And so you're going to know they're going to come in confident and you're going to know that you're gonna, they're going to come in with that kind of swagger, but then at the same time, we know that we can look at those kind of film, those kind of clips, and those kind of games right there, but know that that kind of is something that they're looking to uh, enhance and kind of go off of, and then also know that with the guys that they're potentially having the transfer portal and stuff, that we can look back at ourselves and be able to just work on improving ourselves. I think you always uh, pay a little bit more attention the past couple of games with really any opponent. I mean, schematically, from September till the end of November, things are a lot different. Players improve. Um, injuries, opt-outs, transfers, things like that happen. But I think similar to what J.D. said, this team's played really good football. I mean, they've been two top ten teams, and they play with that swagger, and it shows on film. So we're going to have to come out ready to play tomorrow. Yeah, and, and I'll just reiterate what they've said. But, you know, when you prepare to play a team, you, you want to prepare – to play the best, right? What you've seen them put on film being their best, and I think the last two games they've shown that they can beat any team in the country. And so that's our preparation. That's our challenge. We're saying that's the team we're going to face, and uh, we'll see what what happens tomorrow, but that's what our mental preparation has to be. So here's got a mic right here. Patrick Engel at Blue and Gold Illustrated. Marcus, I know Monday you mentioned some guys that might still be TBD on status for today. Uh, anyone that you've gotten a sense of that will be good to go or uh, might miss because of injury? Yeah, we, um, Jason Adamiolo won't play. He was the one that, um, you know, I don't think was out there. Um, he won't be able to go uh, due to injury, you know, and, and um, the rest are still, I mean, Brandon Joseph will be probably, a, he practiced all week, he'll be a game time decision. We'll see how he feels. Um, 
but uh, Jason's the one that we know for sure is out. And Brandon, is that the ankle that gave him trouble before? Yep, yep. And J.D., for you, Marist, and Jack, how have you guys kind of, I guess, grown this year now that it's been kind of three of you all together out there as the middle of the, the linebacker unit? How, how have you guys kind of, or what have you seen as the biggest improvements for, for you guys or, or what this kind of season has meant to you? I mean, I think one of the biggest things is as the year goes on, you continue to grow and you continue to see where we were at the beginning of the year and going forward. And so I think one of the biggest things was the communication piece and especially going into a new defense and being able to start in the beginning of the year and come to this point, it's that communica- communication piece, not just among the three of us, but also to the guys up front, to the guys behind us, and being able to make sure that we're all working and kind of flowing as one. Second row. Yeah. Pete Burton, WSBT. Um, Jarrett, for you first, so what would it mean to you to win your last game at Notre Dame? Uh, I mean, just maybe that one, you know, that one last great memory I could have. I have so many these past you know four and a half years five seasons with these guys and and especially for the other guys in the locker room who you know are going to move on later in life and you know not even try to go to the NFL or play in the last football game and it's gonna be special for those guys as well so it's not just for me it's for all those other guys too coach what do you think it would mean for your program for you guys to win tomorrow I think I want for this group to be the example for our future groups in that we've talked about it all season is that this road to where we want to go isn't as we always foresee it on the front end and I want this group to be the one that we can say here's the example here's why you continue to trust your coaches why you continue to work no matter what the outcome is each week and uh, and to finish this thing off the right way with a victory here at this Gator Bowl would be a tremendous example for not only a, a congratulations to this senior group and to this group uh, of players that have been so resilient, but I think it's going to be the example, no matter what, they're going to be the example of what we continue to use to propel this program forward. And lastly, how would you assess where Tyler is right now, Bucker, and how, how prepared is he for tomorrow? I think he's ready to roll. Um, you know, you talk about a guy that hasn't played football for probably week two to week 12, right? And so um, he, he obviously had some time where he wasn't on the practice field, but, you know, after, I think today's practice 14, um, you know, after 14 practices, I think he's ready to roll, uh, and he's been um, magnificent in practice. He's done a great job of leading the offense, and, and in which, to me, it's not just throwing the ball, right? When you're the quarterback at Notre Dame, it's gaining the confidence of those guys around you. You're the leader of that group, um, and and I think he's done a good job of continuing to earning the trust of these guys um, that are surrounding him in that offensive huddle. Gary? Yeah, J.D., uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, his particular skill set, what jumps out at you? And have you guys faced a uh, quarterback this year with uh, the similar to what he does? Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is he's an athlete, and he's able to make plays with both his feet and in the air. And so his ability just to extend plays beyond the just usual being able to stay in the pocket and be able to throw on the run and be able to – just be able to make those third and shorts or that low area red zone, kind of being able to scramble or be able to get those extra yards to be able to convert those first downs or get into the end zone. And so that obviously has been a big point of emphasis for us. Most definitely. I mean, there are some, especially just being an athletic quarterback that can extend plays. Second row. Tyler James, Inside Indy Sports. Marcus, what... Have you seen from the receivers and sort of building that chemistry with Tyler Buckner again and 
sort of trying to take advantage of this opportunity with a new, without Michael Mayer in the passing game and being the center of that? Yeah, you know, you you lose that that crutch, right? At, at some points, you when in doubt, you throw the ball to 87. Well, he's not out there, and uh, I've seen. It's been excellent to see what Coach Stuckey has done with that wide receivers room and see those guys elevate and, and truly take advantage of those opportunities. And so you never know on any certain passing concept or pass call um, if your number's going to be called. So you have to make sure you're running your routes and you're precise in what you're doing, expect to get the ball. And so it's been good to see those guys in practice. Listen, we've had a lot of competitive situations, and, and that's kind of been the focus for me for this bowl prep is saying let's let's go good on good because nowadays with opt-outs and with guys not playing, you don't know what you're going to see. You don't. And this game's going to be about our preparation and what we do. And so you've been able to see our wideouts compete against our, our DBs, ones versus ones in competitive situations, and uh, they're doing a really good job, and I'm, I'm excited to see them play tomorrow. Chance Tucker was someone Tariq Bracey highlighted the other day. What what has he done in bull prep to maybe give him a chance to to contribute tomorrow? Yeah, he's gotten more reps. You know, with Cam Hart being down, um, it's giving some other guys an opportunity to get more reps. And Chance Tucker was a guy that he was getting reps with the ones and uh, with the twos, but also getting reps during that developmental time that we talked about before we came down here. And so that's why bowl practice is so important. Is you get a chance to prepare for a great opponent, but also early in the bowl practice, really get a chance to develop some of those guys that haven't got the opportunities throughout the season, and um, he's done a great job. Jarrett, uh, Coach Freeman talked about the uncertainty of going against a team that could have opt-outs and may throw different things at you, and you have all this extra time to prepare for the game. Does that help the offensive line to sort of prepare for anything that could be possibly thrown at it going into this game? Yeah, I, mean, I think it was sort of an opt-out, especially you know, on their defensive line. You always maybe expect a little wrinkle or guys kind of moving positions, but at the end of the day, if 12, we still have 12 games of film to watch to understand you know, the run escapes, pass rush moves, um, third down schematically. So at the end of the day, it's just kind of you know go out the first couple of series, figure out what their game plan is going to be, and then you know, just making the adjustments on the sideline. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Pete Sampson of The Athletic. Jared, in terms of working with Coach Heastan over the course of 12 games here, when did you feel like the offensive line really sort of figured it out, and how has sort of Heastan been in the last maybe month and a half of the season when you guys were clicking in terms of maybe pu- try, figuring out ways to push you even further? I, mean, I remember at the North Carolina game just talking to Coach Fork on the planes that you kind of see the cohesiveness and togetherness of the unit, and he understands that if any, you know, a new group of guys out there, um, you know, Blake Fish only played a couple games, Zeke was just in that center, that it's going to take time, but I think throughout the season, that's the much more crucial, and you know, the guy to have the situations where it's two minute, four minute short yardage that we, we improve in that area. And the past month, he's been great, you know, focused on development of us, and you know, he's still the same guy every day, he's still going to attack and get after you. But it's it's been an awesome experience having him as the offensive line coach this year. Uh, Marcus is kind of forward thinking, but in terms of potentially taking a quarterback in the transfer portal, what is your process for that timeline for that? And is you're evaluating guys with Tommy that you may like? How important is sort of game experience where you actually have a lot of college tape to look at of this player? Yeah, that's, that's something we do every day is we, we look at the portal. We look at high school recruits. We, we're always looking to enhance our roster. Um, there is no timeline. Um, it's all about fit. It's about making sure you find the right guy at any position, quarterback being one, and, and we're, we're looking at all positions. And, um, again, it has to be the right fit. 
they have to not just enhance our roster athletically, but they have to fit into the Notre Dame locker room. And that's something that we'll continue to investigate. But that's an every, recruiting's an everyday thing. It's not a time. It's an everyday thing um, that we we have to do and we must do. Um, and that's something. I, so I can't give you an answer for when that will happen. We're, we're constantly looking and evaluating in all positions and. Uh, Whenever we find the right guy, we'll I guess just sort of follow up on it, like the experience of that player, like you know Caleb Smith coming from Virginia Tech. Like you have a lot of college tape. You're not taking a flyer on somebody. Like it, how valuable is that when you're when you're making that evaluation that you've seen? You can watch him go against Clemson or, or somebody of you know that you've played. Extremely important. Um, again, if you're looking for a guy to come in, we have a young group of quarterbacks. You know, from Tyler being a a freshman, or what, actually a sophomore. Sophomore, you know Tyler being a sophomore, and you got Steve, you got Ronnie, you got another freshman coming in. Um, you know we have a young locker room, so yeah, we're looking probably for a little bit more experience. Here, uh, Aiden Thomas with the Observer, uh, Jared and JD. I was just, I wanted to ask a little bit. Obviously, you guys are missing a couple guys, and Michael and Isaiah that are integral to your team all year. How has that been uh, being captains of a team that you're missing a couple guys that you co-captain with, just stepping up in that off-field leadership, and then any of the younger guys that you feel like you know just stepping up, and just how has that kind of process been for you guys adjusting to that absence? I, got it. Uh, I think like Isaiah and Mike, those two guys were you know great leaders, but also tone setters for this team. But I feel like you know just because there's a couple of guys named captain, that doesn't mean they're the only leaders in the team. We have plenty of guys on this team, and I think one of the strengths I've seen, you know, especially throughout the summer, working with Coach Bayless in the camp, is there's plenty of other guys who are vocal as well that aren't, you know, seen as captains or you know, quote unquote, leaders of the team. So I think throughout this process, you know, those guys and those position groups understand that they're going to have to step up and, and be, you know, try to be as great leaders as they possibly can, and they've done a great job for us. And then touching on the last thing you said, I mean, it's an exciting time for a lot of young guys to, one, be able to get these opportunities in this bowl prep opportunity, bowl prep time, and then also be able to display their talents and be able to have an opportunity to play their best out here tomorrow. Here. Kind of to follow up on that, GD, one of the young guys I know who's played a little bit more late in the year, Jalen Sneed, what have you seen from him maybe since the start of the season or in that earlier part of bowl practice for development that's maybe helped him kind of come on a little bit and, and take a little bit of a step? I mean, the biggest thing is he is very raw athletically. Like, he has so much athletic talent and so much athletic potential that you can see such flashes and stuff that, I mean, kind of remind you of Wu, like, and so those kind of, those instances where you see that is super exciting, and so um, he has so much to build off of, and it's just exciting to be able to see him, be able to step into a little bit bigger role, one step at a time. Any other question? In the back, yep. Hey, Coach Freeman, uh, Chaz Frazier from ABC Columbia. I think you said after uh, the Tennessee-South Carolina game that the Gamecocks looked explosive and you were impressed. I'm curious, what's been the most impressive thing about Shane Beamer and what he's been able to do with this team down the stretch heading into this game? Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that I think this is his second year being head coach at South Carolina and, and first head coaching job, and, and I think he's done an excellent job of, of recruiting, developing, and, and improving. That's that's the challenge is to to continue to enhance your roster but develop your roster that you have. And, and what you've seen is a team throughout the season get better and better and better. And um, at one point you could have saw his season, the South Carolina season, going one way or the other, and 
they went one way, and that was they went vertical. They they, they got better, and uh, that's to me a, a reflection of the way he's led. And so he's he's done a great job with this football program. Any other questions? Mike Berardino, uh, South Bend Tribune. Hey, guys. Hi. Um, welcome. Um, it, when you're assessing a transfer possibility of, of someone through the portal, um, how important is it to, to look them face-to-face, to be in their space, to have them in your office, the time spent in person? I believe in the early stages of this portal, some offers were extended, maybe where I'm not sure to receivers, et cetera, the, the linemen from Western Michigan, where maybe you hadn't been face-to-face yet. How important is it to, to assess for you as the head coach uh, to have a one-on-one look them in the eye and ask, and what kind of questions do you ask in those sessions to assess the character and the fit? That's so important. Um, you know, the recruiting game, you if you want to call it, has changed in terms of, you know, at times you have to offer guys to even be able to recruit them. That's the reality of it. Guys don't, some guys don't want to talk to you unless you've offered them and so in order to take a guy into our program I'm going to have to meet with you face to face I'm going to have to make sure that and zoom whatever you know that we have a connection because there's so much that goes into a a football player beyond what you just see on film you know there's a lot of guys you can turn on a film and say he's a good football player you know, or you can say, yeah, he's not so good. But when you can meet somebody face-to-face and you really can get a chance to, to know them and ask them difficult questions, see how they respond, um, you, you get to really kind of say, okay, let's figure out who this person is as, as a man. And it's different in the transfer portal because everything happens so fast. When you're recruiting high school kids, you build relationships over time. Right, and you really get to know the kid, the coach, the families, in the transfer portal. Um, you have to be able to look kids in the face, have those conversations, but also make phone calls, and 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 try to see, hey, do you know somebody at the previous school? Do you know somebody that can give you a little bit of character makeup of this person? Because it's careful, man. You, you, it's you got to be careful. The people you bring into your locker room. We're fortunate. We have a great group of captains. We've got a great group of leadership that you, you really don't have an option when you come into our locker room. You're going to convert to the way these guys lead, or you're going to say, "This isn't the place for me." You know, and that's that's really important. But um, you have to be cautious on the type of personalities you bring into your locker room because um, I've seen them go both ways: one really good and one really bad. And then to follow up the, the, the health aspect, the medical on, on a transfer portal guy, again, some of these decisions are made in a quick uh, turnaround. Uh, do you need to have your own doctors look uh, at someone physically poke and prod the way it would happen in free agency in the NFL, or can you accept what you see from uh, reputable doctors out there, especially about complicated medical issues? Yeah, I'll always lean on our doctors to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down you know maybe they didn't medically evaluate them but they can make phone calls they can look at the medical history to be able to say okay hey we feel good about this or no this isn't going to be something that's good for our program i'll always lean on our doctors they don't but you don't need your doctors to physically have hands-on or or do their own deal i need the doctor's blessing so does that mean they physically put their hands on them not all the time but i need them to look at me and say we feel good about this, and um, that's part of it. Greg? 
Marcus, the captains talked about their leadership, uh, but uh, evaluating the season, what did you learn about leadership from the two individuals sitting next to you? That your culture, your leadership's really um, revealed when things aren't going so well. And I learned more about these two guys and our captains um, in the difficult times than I did during the times that things were going really well. And these guys continue to take control of this team, you know, and, and sometimes as the head coach, you feel like it's everything you, you say to the team that's going to get the culture, get this program where it needs to go. These guys do it. They take care of the, the messaging that needs to be said. Um, well, I'm fortunate that I have a great group of leaders that when things go, things weren't going so well, they really took care of the locker room. I'm sorry, Lynn Clark with Irish Illustrated. And for the captains, what is the one thing that you learned from Marcus Freeman this year? Not in front of me. Like. <laughs> I, mean, I think the biggest thing for me was just being able to have that steady voice that no matter how the season was going throughout, like we could always look to someone that was always pushing us just to get better throughout every single day, every single week. Well, I would say um, authenticity. Um, everything he says has a purpose. He's not just saying stuff just to say it, to you know, seem like a leader or head coach. He's, he believes what he says and he practices what he preaches every single day. One last question. Back here. I'm sorry, there's a, there was one already in the back. Sorry. One quick question for you, Coach. South Carolina does Rich Wanderer with ABC Columbia. South Carolina, you have a lot of players that are stepping up out of that transfer portal and things of that nature. You, I mean, with guys leaving. Talk about facing guys you haven't don't have a lot of tape on and how hungry these guys are who are coming up from that second team and, and difficult. How does that make things difficult for you and, and your defensive guys? Yeah, I think that's why I said earlier we do a lot of good on good in practice because you don't, when you have almost a month to prepare for an opponent, sometimes that's too much time. You know, the beauty of playing a team in seven days is that you can only watch so much film. And right now we have 12 games, and, and really you can talk about two years' worth of film. And these guys, they, they're junkies. All they do is watch film. And, and sometimes you can watch too much and, and assume that you're getting, you know exactly what the other team's going to do. You don't know. Just like we're preparing um, to make sure that we self-evaluate, Right, and we're not just doing the same things over and over, and we're sure South Carolina's doing the same thing. So, we spend a lot of time going good on good, meaning that our offense has to go against our defense, which isn't South Carolina's defense, and our defense has to go against our offense, which isn't South Carolina's offense. And so, that forces you to to really be able to execute off of you know your fundamentals, off of your your basic schemes, your basic concepts, and and not just always try to attack a different opponent's tendencies. And uh, that's why that's a long answer to your question of with opt-outs, with, you don't know. You don't know what you're going to see. We don't know what we'll see tomorrow. We'll have an idea. We'll, we'll have the base concepts that they do on offense and defense and special teams, but we obviously have to prepare for some different wrinkles and things that we haven't seen.